0: that done. Now, Jesus, we focus on Jesus here, and we're in a series on the names of Jesus, and today it's the bread of life. Uh, there's something about bread. Although, I wonder if Jesus could have come today and done the Lord's Supper. You know, take this bread, and one goes, um, I'm gluten-free. Another goes, uh. Because, no, I'm eating paleo now. Another one, ooh, carbs, no thanks, you know, that sort of thing. It would be very difficult to actually pull off the Lord's Supper today. But there's something, uh, something special about bread. And maybe it's because I have a large sweet tooth and bread is my downfall. But bread stores and bakeries are just a taste of heaven. And driving by a bread factory brings back all those memories of mom making bread, if my mom had made bread. Uh, it, And in in Scotland, um, we have bakeries almost every corner, and that's wonderful and terrible at the same time. Maybe that's why when John refers to Jesus as the bread of life, I pay attention. In the sixth chapter of John, Jesus will refer to himself as the bread of life several times. And each time, he'll bring a different aspect to it. The bread of God in chapter 6, verse 33. Same verse bread from heaven, 635, bread of life, 651, the bread of sacrifice. Have a look. Jesus answered, verily, truly, I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs of performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Then they ask him, what must we do to do the works God requires? Now that's a very important question, is it not? Isn't that the same question we all ask in churches? What is it God wants from us? And the answer is so simple it bothers us. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Well, we always want more. So they said, so what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors, they keep going, ate the manna in the wilderness as it was written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. When Jesus said to them, very truly, I tell you, it's not Moses who's given you the bread from heaven, but it's my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Well, that'll certainly get your attention. Jesus is all, above all, in all, through all. And there are so many layers upon layers of power and meaning in Jesus and his life that it overwhelms us at times. And so what we do is we revert back instead of the work of God being to believe in him who was sent, we say, you know what he really wants from you are these five acts. And then he wants you to do this in this prescribed way. And we turn Jesus into a manageable, controllable symbol, rather than who he is. Jesus fights against that tendency. If you've ever read the Gospels, you know that you can't paint him as a conservative or as a liberal. He makes both sides blanch every so often. Rather than deal with this, people then just choose what they like. They use Jesus like a buffet. They go through and they'll take that one, but they're going to leave that one behind. They'll take this story, but they're going to leave that one behind. They don't take the whole package and they end up with a plasticine Jesus that goes on the dashboard and nods at everything they think. So Jesus votes like us, thinks like us, acts like us. We have done to Jesus what we've done to bread. Now, let Mr. Science visit you for a minute. <laughs> this will not be too painful. There was a problem. People stored up the flour before they made bread. And rats would get in. And they would eat the bread and leave little rat presents behind. And so, they decided, we've got to find a way to preserve bread longer. Now, a kernel of wheat has about 27 nutrients that we know about There are probably more 27 nutrients that are uh, very very important for us and so they would grind it and they would bleach it and they would process it and by the time it comes out it's white flour which has zero nutrients so you can't sell that because that's library paste that is so they go and they spray over it a chemical glom of seven to nine nutrients, according to which state you're in, and they call it enriched bread. They stripped, all of everything, stripped everything out of it and then put a little bit back into it and said, this is super-duper special bread. This is wonder bread. I've see, I, see, I see the little wonder bread thing and I'm thinking, yeah, because you wonder, where's the bread? we do the same thing with Jesus we strip out the difficult bits we get rid of all that stuff which is too hard for us to deal with and then we drown out the parts we don't like by shouting out the parts we do like and then claim we are the original unadulterated disciples if you don't think we do that let me just do this again i've done it before you before which is harder be baptized or lay not up for yourself treasures on earth which one do we talk about talk about baptism a lot why because we're storing up treasures on earth or how about this one do not forsake the assembly that's very important to church people especially church staff people or how about this one love your enemies do good to those who curse you let's talk about the assembly again because that's a lot harder, is it not? We can keep going. Sing with the spirit. Okay? Yay us. We will celebrate. We will worship. We will engage as as we were led to talk about there. All right. Or how about this one? Going daily from house to house in prayers and fellowship and the breaking of bread. You know, I already see them on Sunday. And that's probably enough. Seeing them in a controlled environment where everybody's facing away from me is probably the best thing. (laughs) But I'll sing with the spirit while I'm there. Perhaps we've stumbled upon the reason why in the United States, the largest voting block this election are the nuns, N-O-N-E-S, no religious affiliation. The largest single voting block. Why? Because we've treated the real item for flour, the rats won't even eat. And by the way, they thought they had succeeded because they had come up with white flour. And you, you may have heard the expression, best thing since white bread. Why'd they say that? Because they could store white bread and the rats wouldn't eat it. You know why? <laughs> rats are smart. And they're looking at that and they go, that's not bread. That's not natural. Well, if we've treated Jesus for something less no wonder the world's not hungry for him. And look where he puts this sermon, right after one of my favorite stories, the feeding of the 5000. And again, I did this about a year and a half ago, but I got I just you got to talk about the story because the the bible's not in isolation when it talks about jesus as the bread of life he did it he did that sermon right after the feeding of the five uh, five thousand let's review jesus is preaching a whole bunch of people come five thousand ish and they're they're listening and they're getting hungry and the bible says in one of the gospels that they're even fainting that they've been out in the sun for so long without food. So Jesus' apostles come up to, to Jesus and say, you might want to wrap it up. Which is, thank you, it is hilarious <laughs> that you're, you're leaning up to God saying, you're going on a bit long here. Could you back it off some? So Jesus turns around and says to his 12 unemployed friends, oh, get him something to eat. Oh, well, why didn't we think of that? We've been walking around wilderness for a year and a half. We don't have anything. And 5,000 people showed up at the house to eat. They don't say it that way. I imagine that they gave it a good try. They got amongst themselves and said, what do you got? And they're reaching into the, you know, I don't know. I've got a, a, a lifesaver, something fuzzy. Um, <laughs> a couple Tic Tacs. Let's go with it. You know, and so they go about looking for food. Now, I've seen the painting. It's a sweet painting. The little boy, the wee lad, has his basket holding it up to Jesus in the five loaves and fishes in there. That's not what the Bible says. It didn't say the little boy brought Jesus food to pass around. No, it said the apostles brought the boy that had the food. That's a whole different picture. One boy's mother Packed to lunch. One boy had a smart mum, and he's got his lunch. Have you been the only one with a lunch on a plane before? You start wrapping, or if you're at work in a cubicle and you start unwrapping a candy bar, all these heads like meerkats pop up. <laughs> I imagine he was wrapped around that food at the time that they brought him over. He's, ah, you know, and they're bringing him and they don't bring Jesus, the boy that has the food, so that Jesus will feed people with the food. They bring the boy with the food to show him that's all there is. It can't be done. And Jesus says, oh, line everybody up. Okay. In every Jesus story, there comes a point where I ask myself, would I do that? Would, have I, would I align them up? And the answer is, no. I would have created a diversion Oh, look, Elvis, I don't know what I would have said. (laughs) The apostles, we make fun of them sometimes. Oh, look at the silly thing they did. They had so much more faith than I've got. He lined them up. And you can tell, you know Peter wasn't thinking this is going to end well after the 12th guy, because we have sandwiches for 12. So, you know, there you go. Well, gotten first in line, didn't you? You didn't... Hear about the golden rule yet? Did you? And going on, then then all of a sudden, we got food. We got food, and and, 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 in fact, they had leftovers—more leftovers than they started with. And when I was a boy, you killed all stories by making them lectures. Jesus collected all the leftovers because it's a sin to waste. The Bible doesn't say that. I think he collected the leftovers and gave them to the boy, and saying, "That's for your trouble. Take that home." You know, I'm sorry, and, and your Tupperware. We got it back. Uh, that's important. <laughs> you don't lose Mama's Tupperware. Or back then, Longaberger baskets. I'm sure there was a Hebrew word for it, but still. Take that home. Think of, think of the book of Ruth. What did Boaz do? Always made sure she had a little bit of extra to go home with. It's the same thing. Jesus was a grandson of, Bo, of Boaz and Ruth, if you remember. In that line, he would have had that family tradition, And so right after this, right after feeding thousands and people completely misunderstood the event, he had to preach a sermon. How did they misunderstand this? Easy. Some thought they'd found a free supply of bread and fish. And people? Many people will follow and serve anybody and trade away all of their liberty if you'll give them free food without work or obligation. We know that. Thomas Jefferson... One of those um, leaders of your country, a terrorist of some sort, um, remember that he said this, this republic would end the, as soon as anybody could vote for themselves a dollar from the treasury. If they don't have to work for it, they can just... And that's what happens. We all do it. It's not just, you know, oh yeah, those poor people on welfare. People, it's corporations too. It's us with our tax d- uh, deductions and dodges and such. We, we are like this. As human beings, somebody goes, free? Ooh, my kids used to t- tease me that if somebody said the word free, they could actually hear bagpipes in the distance. <laughs> Others thought, let's make this guy king so that the food never runs out. I get that. The apostles didn't understand that what it meant was, Jesus has power over nature. So Jesus decided to do a demonstration and he went water walking, if you remember, right after that. They get in a boat and go away, and then he goes out to be with them walking on the water during a storm. And again, that's a different story for a different time, but that's a that's a fantastic story too. Because they're out there, they're in a the boat going, We're gonna die, we're gonna die, this is awful, we you know, this is it. Uh, And Jesus is up on a high place and looks down and sees them the Bible says so he went to be with them next line as he was about to pass them now friends (laughs) That's funny He went out to be with them, but the next thing you know he's walking past them. You doing all right guys see you at the other side He didn't actually say that that's not in the Bible, but he had to say something He had to make boat noises I don't know what he did, but he did something to get their attention and only Peter only Peter got it and said The safest place in the world right now is where Jesus is. Jesus, let me get to you. And people make fun of Peter because he he sank after a bet, But people, he still has a human world record for water walking. He's done it better than I've ever done it. People were surprised on the other side of the water that Jesus was back with his disciples because they knew he didn't take the boat. How'd he get here, they said. So Jesus said, you're so focused On earthly things, such as food and kings. Guilty? Anybody guilty in the room? Food and kings, food and kings. That's the way we run our lives. That they're unable to understand spiritual truths. This is, may I plead with you, one of the reasons why silence and solitude and fasting are so important. Learn to be quiet learn to shut the noise of the world down learn to say no to the world that's what fasting really is learn to say no even to something you have the right to have say no Jesus says you ought to have priorities so Jesus in chapter 6 and verse 33 says seek ye first the kingdom of God Go first for the kingdom of God. And that is so hard for us. He said, everything else will be added to you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. In fact, he stresses that throughout Matthew in particular. John picks it up kind of tangentially, but uh, in Matthew, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That is so hard. In the Old Testament, it was one of the most commonly taught precepts. And yet in churches, we rarely hear, seek Jesus first. We tend to say, seek correct behavior and ritual. He says, seek Jesus. That's a different thing. The people thought that the great miracle they had witnessed was just the first of what would become a very long stream of many, many, many miracles. And there have been churches started in the last 2,000 years. They're all about what Jesus really wants is a continual miracle. But Jesus said, no. Even then, Jesus said, miracles are not the point. And if they never saw another one, it shouldn't impact their faith at all. Both this crowd and the Samaritan woman, which he will work with in this, this book, still had a problem getting their eyes off of the world and getting their eyes onto spiritual truth. And so, whenever told about spiritual bread or spiritual water, the Samaritan woman, their first response was, we'll take that now, Please instant instant bread instant water instant so you can go to any christian bookstore remember bookstores we used to have bookstores but you can go to christian bookstores on the web and find so many books 12 steps to great christian living or 5 steps to overcoming in prayer we want it simple don't we we want it sorted out so that we're all figured out. And God says, no, hunger for the right bread. And you won't hunger after anything else again. But you've got to hunger for the right thing. They didn't understand that the real bread of heaven was standing right in front of them. Like, just like Corey Ten Boom told us, once you have him, lack of physical comfort means nothing. And nothing can take away your contentment. You've heard the expression, perhaps, you are what you eat. That's kind of concerning, isn't it? Because I I tend to eat a lot of natural stuff, so evidently I'm I'm fruit and nuts, and um, (laughs) that concerns me a little bit. I, I wanted to say that before you did. Jesus tells the people in front of him that to take Jesus as Lord of your life will change your life forever. Take him in, eat him, and become him. He will become your life and he will become the guarantor of your life for eternity. Verse 51, this flesh was given for the the entire world. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Remember this, life is a gift only Jesus gives. You want eternal life, you've got to be eating the right thing. The bread of life. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue sharply amongst themselves. By the way, you don't have to say Jews here. You could say anybody would have. How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. It is very exclusive. If you don't take Jesus you don't have life. That's the deal God gets to make the deal If you take Jesus and let his flesh be your flesh and his blood your blood You will have life today and in the last day now Let me it's these are illustrations that are that seems strange to uh, Modern Western ears. So here we go when we took the communion a while ago that was a symbol of taking the flesh and blood of Christ. It is, an, it is a pledge of allegiance to Almighty God. It is a pledge of our faith and our acceptance of everybody else who takes it. Because this is the body of Christ. As long as this body lives through Jesus, we will have life. I had a person ask me, good person, good question. They said, a whole year or so looking at the names of Jesus. Shouldn't we be doing other stuff too? And my response was, if I find something more important, we will. But we have got to focus on Jesus because as soon as we do, the hatreds drop. The walls drop. The divisions drop. The scrabbling for one more dollar, one more bet of a promotion on the rung drop. All of this goes when you focus on the bread of life. For in him we have life, and we have it more abundantly. There are some things that are piously said that are inaccurate. And I I don't get angry when I hear them. I just kind of smile ruefully. Sometimes we'll tell our children, we'll even write it out, joy. Jesus first, others second yourself last God never said that He said love each other as yourself not more than So don't debase yourself. God's not asking you to to debase yourself He's saying love everybody like you love yourself. And by the way, if you think well, I don't love myself That doesn't get you off the hook because you really do you buy yourself clothes you like you take yourself places where you want to go And you give yourself food you like Do that for other people too Show them the same consideration you show yourself. Well, there's another one. People will say, He has no hands but our hands. Seriously? Seems to have made the universe without us. He didn't create us first and say, Listen, I've been trying to build planets but ha- running into an obstacle. Could you guys help me? Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. He has the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit of God gives God an awful lot of power. We have been invited to help. I can remember my son wanted to be a man. He was, I don't know, at this stage, maybe 10, 7, 8, somewhere in there. And he wanted to help me mow the lawn. But where we lived, he had to use a lawn tractor to do it. And it was on a big slope, so t- uh, every, all the time, we never took them off, we had chains on the wheels of our tractor. We lived in West Virginia, the only place I've ever been where you would hear people yell, kids, hold on to something so you don't fall all- out of the yard. So we're there, and he wanted to learn to mow the lawn. Well, figured, all right, it's fair enough. So we put it in the slowest speed, which was really slow. I mean, snails were running into it, going, what in the? Uh, it was really slow, and I just turned him loose. Now, at that stage, he had no concept of lines, so he wandered about the property, drawing crop circles, <laughs> making a National Enquirer. I didn't say a word to correct it. Proud of him trying to help. When he went to bed, this thing had lights on it. I'd go out and mow at night, sort it out. But wouldn't tell him, no. So you're going to wash dishes. Washing dishes, that was something we used to do by hand. And you would get the kids a chair up there. Some of you did it. And you'd stand up at the sink. It took so much longer. But it was important that they got to help. God has hands enough. But because he loves us as a father, he said, come along. Let's do this together. Let's redeem this universe together. Your hands can be given over to him so that your hands mean something, so that your life means something, so that your life doesn't end at the grave. Without this bread, you die. That's the deal. Just as Adam and Eve died the moment they turned their back on God. Oh, they didn't fall into the grave that day, but that's the day they started dying. That's the day they were separated And everything, once you separate from the world, rather separate from God, you wither and die. I've always thought it was a bit strange that as a show of love, what we do is go into the world, find something beautiful, a flower, and we kill it. And we take it and hand it to somebody and say, I love you, watch this die. (laughs) It, It seems odd to me, frankly. And why you would go buy flowers when they're free at cemeteries. I, I, anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm nice about it, I ask. Are you done with this? But uh, the point is, the point is, no, I don't do that. I, neither do you want to live in my head. Um, but I want you to think of your life as a flower. As soon as it's cut, it's, it's dead. Looks alive. And the world can even look at it in awe and say, what a beautiful flower, but it's dead. Don't be a dead flower. Jesus said, I'm the vine and you are the branches. We're going to talk about that as well later. But here he says, life is bread. I'm the life. I'm the bread. Take this. When you stop, you begin to die. And you may look alive, but you're not. I'm going to ask Mark to come back up. He's going to lead us a in the last song. Would you stand, please? The people of God are alive, for they have eaten the bread of life. They have given their body over to spiritual things, for they bear in their bodies the mark of the Lord Jesus. At the very end of chapter 6 comes to life when we take the Lord's Supper and we taste the bread and the fruit of the vine And we remember it every Sunday. That to love the Lord means picking up a cross, laying aside physical and earthly concern. After class, some of you will go off, most of us will go off and eat lunch, but you'll be hungry again later. But if you take Jesus with you, you will never want another Savior, for you will be satisfied in the bread of life.